Hello and welcome back to Left of Lenin, a socialist news podcast. I will be your host, Alan, with my good friend and co-host, V. Hello, everybody. Uh, v, let me ask you, let's get right into it. All right. Because I'm, I'm fired up today. Right. How much do you know about Colin Powell? Well, without uh, spoiling anything, well, not too much. I know he is a war criminal. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, he. He was one of the people that uh, most severely, I guess, fought for the Iraq War, led us into it. Right. Um, contributed heavily to that. Okay. Do you remember any of the arguments he used? No, actually. Okay. Oh, all right. It's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah. I honestly like. I didn't know Colin Powell existed right. until like the waves on the left internet right. started going around. So let me, let me also make this clear. Um, he's dead, so I really don't care if we mispronounce his first name. I know it's Colin. Uh, I might say Colin. I might switch into that by accident. I don't really care. Is it Colin, though? It is Colin. Is that how they pronounce it? Like his family and such? Yeah, because when he was in uh, uh, the White House, the the joke was uh, uh, you had Dick Cheney, Colin, and Bush. Right. So you had those three. <laughs> and isn't that funny? Right. <laughs> right. Sorry. So isn't that just fucking hysterical? Wait, that's crazy. Back in, you know, yeah. 03, 04. Um, anyway, so if you're listening, I hate to break the news to you. If you're a listener and you, you have not heard the news, maybe you're, we have a lot of listeners in other countries. Maybe this is heartbreaking news, but RIP to a real one. Uh, Colin Powell is burning in hell. Um, so <laughs> we are going to, so I really want to talk today about Colin Powell, uh, who he was. Uh, why I believe all this liberal and conservative kumbaya, mm. wasn't he such a good... I mean, you have Jamal Bowman. I mean, he's a pretty mm. far left-wing guy. He's saying, right. like, oh, man, Colin Powell, he really opened doors, and he... Oh, no, Jamal, really? Yeah, so what it really comes down to is, it kind of reminds me of the old meme where, you know, capitalists say that, you know, billionaires are a good thing, and liberals are saying there should be more people of color who are billionaires. Right, yeah, right? yeah. We need more boss babes in the military so right. they can, you know, bomb more. We uh, need more boss babes, people. drone striking people. Right. You know, and, and to a liberal, everything is fine at that point. It's is like it... that recent uh, famous tone deaf uh, CIA ad about how, like, yeah, I've got uh, generalized personality disorder and uh, I'm a, uh, a woman of color and all that stuff. You know, just basically liberals get off to symbolism. Right. Uh, to them, that's all they need. Yeah. As long as there is a person of color flipping the execution switch, then that they're going to fucking cream themselves. Right, exactly. That, that's really <laughs> what I need. So, all right, who was Colin Powell? So so this is going to be a history lesson, okay? All right. Um, and and why, that, why I believe he's getting too much uh, credit in his death. So his obituary, uh, they're always going to say the same thing. They're going to say, uh, he was the, you know, the first, you know, ch uh, chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff and uh, all these other positions. Uh, he was a four-star general. And so you, you get a lot of, like, New York Times pieces. They, they talk about all of his, his greats. And then they'll, they'll tack on the very end, also got us into the Iraq War. And that's sort of it. And then there's just a lot of, like, puff pieces about him. So I think the dude is one of the biggest... Uh, quite frankly, uh, giant, huge asshole, uh, dickhead cowards uh, right. <laughs> who's ever held any position of power. So I'm going to go into it. Um, so who was Colin Powell? So Colin Powell was born in 1937. Um, 
Powell was born in New York City, so he was a New Yorker. He was raised in the South Bronx. His parents, Luther, uh, Luther was a shipping clerk, and Maud was a seamstress. So they both came from Jamaica. Um, so they came from Jamaica uh, in the 30s, had uh, Colin mm -hmm. in 1937. Uh, I'm going to skip a bunch of his upbringing, uh, not that it's not important. I just really want to get to what I consider you know, the highlights of, of why this dude was such a huge dickhead and why people like, you know, when Barack Obama and George W. Bush and Condoleezza Rice and all, all these people are coming out saying, like, oh, he, he was a real one, you mm -hmm. know? Right. Why they're wrong. J Jamal Bowman, like everyone. Right. Okay? Uh, so upon graduating college, he received a commission uh, as an Army second lieutenant. Uh, at this time, the Army was only newly desegregated. So the Korean War at this point would be uh, over or mm. coming to an end. Uh, he was so obviously segregation was still a thing. He had to uh, absolutely go through that. Mm. Um, you know, there's stories of, of him going through ROTC in college, and he, he loved it. He considered it one of the best times of his life. But he had to go down south, and he absolutely faced you know being a black guy in the south. Right. Obviously, not a good time. Not a good time. Um, and again, like, think, like stories like that are kind of what, like, I think covers up some of the, the worst shit. So, mm. really, so let's just really get into the first one mm. that I, I think is super egregious, and that's the uh, the My Lai Massacre. So this is the Vietnam War. Mm. So the My Lai Massacre is a mass murder of unarmed South Vietnamese civilians by U.S. troops in South Vietnam. Uh, it happened on March 16th, 1968. Uh, between 347 to 504 unarmed people were killed by U.S. Army soldiers from Company C, 1st Battalion, 20th Infantry Regiment, and Company B, 4th Battalion, 3rd Infantry Regiment, 11th Brigade, 23rd Infantry Division. Uh, obviously, I know all this right off the top of my head. I'm not reading from a piece of paper. Oh, definitely not. But no. I, you know what? I could have cut that out, but I feel like, you know, fuck them. They deserve to be somewhat in history. Right. So victims included men, women, children, infants— Classic. Some of the women were gang raped and their bodies were mutilated, as were children as young as 12. 26 American soldiers were charged with criminal offenses, but only one platoon leader in C Company was convicted. He was found guilty of killing 22 villagers. He was originally given a life sentence, but served three and a half years under house arrest. So no one really suffered for what they did to over 500 unarmed civilians. But I uh, thought our, our, our soldiers were perfect, morally perfect heroes, Alan. Right. I mean, I, I yeah. I thought all our causes were just. I thought, what, what is this alternative history you're teaching me here? Yeah, what, what is this uh, critical race theory that you're teaching me where, right. you, know, <laughs> what, you know, we caused issues in Vietnam, they shouldn't have. So, we'll get back to Colin Powell. This guy, Tom Glenn. Uh, Tom Glenn was an army specialist whose tour just ended. Glenn's letter... Uh, he sent a letter detailing American war crimes. Uh, though he didn't name any specific participants, Colin Powell, following the lead of Glenn's former commander, said at the time it was unfortunate Glenn had not brought up his allegations immediately so that they could have been resolved through proper channels. Glenn's letter arrived eight months after U.S. soldiers massacred 500 civilians in my life, uh, though it would take a second letter by a different veteran to alert authorities to the cover-up. So basically, he sends the letter, says, hey, we 
we absolutely butchered these mm. people in this town. Sends it to uh, all over. Colin Powell gets it. Says, uh, what, what the fuck are we going to do about it, I guess, right? Mm. Uh, doesn't say anything. Doesn't give it to anybody. Doesn't tell the media. Nothing happens. It's not until the second letter comes out that Colin Powell is forced to act. Right. Um, so faced with two whistleblower attempts to reveal an event now synonymous with war crimes, Powell deferred to his command instead and held the company line. In 1971, he testified on behalf of a general who ordered the shooting of unarmed civilians from helicopters during the general's trial for war crimes, arguing that such action made sense given the difficulty of the counterinsurgency warfare among a hostile populace. So this guy was flirting with, uh... Sorry. So this guy was flirting with war crimes, like, way before the Iraq War. Right. This is in his history. So he yeah. said, uh, quote, I was in a unit that was responsible for my lie. I got there after my lie happened. So, in war, there's sorts of horrible things that happen every now and then. But they are still to be deplored. He said that to Larry King in, like, 2004. Wow. Um, he wrote in several of his own autobiographies. He was thinking about running for president. So typically, what you do, yeah. So oh, what you okay. do is typically you start releasing like books, mm -hmm. and even like the '90s, he he was telling just false, false fucking lies about this whole mm -hmm. story that we know is absolute bullshit now. Yeah. Um. So what are some other acts? Uh, this this is where it gets good. So I'm gonna skip a little forward. Mm -hmm. At this point, he comes back. Uh, he starts getting a little bit more popular, a little bit more famous. Okay. He's hitting the media circuit a little bit. Okay, um, Powell was also involved in the unlawful transfer of U.S.-made anti-tank missiles and anti uh, and Hawk anti-aircraft missiles from Israel to Iran as part of the criminal conspiracy that would later become known as the Iran-Contra affair. Uh, do you know what the Iran-Contra affair is? No. We might yeah. talk about it once or twice before. So Ronald Reagan, okay, um, hates communism. Right. Despises communism. Can't stand communism. That cowboy. Mm -hmm. Rootin' tootin' shooting the Reds. Yeah. So in South America, well, Central America, you have Nicaragua. Okay. And they had a dictator who was overthrown by the Sandinistas. Mm. So the military and the government gets thrown out. They're called the Contras. So the Contras are, mm. are dictator-based, right? Okay. And they're furious that they got thrown out by these Marxists. Right. Okay? So, you know, immediately Congress is saying, oh, here's the deal. It's not our problem. Okay, like it is what it is. Reagan, furious. What, what do you mean right. it's not our problem? I, I want to send money. I want to send troops. I want to send. Congress says, no, you're not allowed to take anything and, and give it to the Contras. They're, they're assholes. They're, they're terrorists. Oh, right. Prior to the Patriot Act, where the president actually had to get approval from Congress. Right. So this is what he does. Good old times. Um, he takes weapons okay. and he sells it to Iran, who, by the way, we, we claim are terrorists themselves. Right. So we sell weapons to Iran. Okay. Okay. Um, Iran then gives us the money, mm -hmm. and it's technically, technically like a slush fund, dirty money. Like no one knows where it kind of came from. Right. So he then takes that money and gives it to the Contras. Mm. Okay. Um, the Contras are absolutely fascist. This comes mm. out. It's a huge thing against Reagan. Reagan almost goes down for it. Mm. Oliver North is, is a general who kind of took the fall for it. His secretary shredded all the documents. Long right. story short, Colin Powell was right in that and helped sell some of these missiles mm. uh, to Iran. Okay. Okay. God, this guy's ancient. Right. <laughs> well, he died. He was like eighty something when he died. Right. So yeah. he he was he was pushing for a little bit. Um, following the Iran Contra scandal, Powell became, at the age of forty nine, Ronald Reagan's national security advisor. 
Uh, Powell was promoted to four-star general under President George H.W. Bush. Uh, George H.W. Bush was Reagan's vice president. Mm -hmm. Um, Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. So this is when he got a bigger push-up. As he was Joint Chief of Staff, Powell oversaw responses to 28 crises. Uh, Now, when you say crises... Right. right, it's a very liberal term, right there. Right, it's yeah. doing a lot of lifting. What what is a crisis? Right. So, including the invasion of Panama huh. in 1989 to remove General Manuel Noriega from power. Uh, so, if you know anything about General Manuel Noriega from uh, good old Panama, so basically, this dude was a CIA plant. This dude, we basically gave this guy Panama, this general, and we right. said, we'll back you, we'll protect you, you're our guy, uh, just be super anti-communist. We did the same thing in Haiti, mm. right, with uh, Papa Doc, mm-hmm. okay? So we, we did it all the time in South America. We, we pushed up dictators, you know? Right. Um, you know, Pinochet was another one. Mm. Um, so anyway, we basically put this guy in charge, um, just follow our rules, mm. and he starts breaking them, and he starts doing whatever the fuck he wants. And all of a sudden, it comes out that the CIA basically helped this guy get his power. Right. Big embarrassment to the United States government. We then go in to overthrow him. Mm. And we, we kill, I mean, thousands of, right. you know, civilians. Yeah. Just, just fucking wipe him out. So, I mean, these are mainly innocent people. Mm. Colin Powell, totally for it. Mm. Okay? He then also uh, takes part in Operation Desert Storm in 1991. It's also known as the Persian Gulf War. Now, if you know, we're not going to get into the whole Gulf War uh, aspect, also known as the first Iraq War, mm-hmm. right? So one thing about you should know about is called the Highway of Death. Okay. So basically, uh, the American-led coalition offensive in the Persian Gulf War, so it's American, Canadian, British, French, uh, and ground forces, attack retreating Iraqi military personnel attempting to leave Kuwait on the 9th of February 26th to the 27th, 1991, resulting in the destruction of hundreds of vehicles and the deaths of many of their occupants. Between 1,400 and 2,000 vehicles were hit and abandoned on the Highway uh, 80 north of al Jahara. So we have no idea that the full amount of people who died. Um, the fo- the fo- famous photos of, of the Highway of Death, these people are fleeing, they're running away, uh, these are now jobless people. The government's fallen at this point. They're just trying to flee for their lives, and we bomb the living shit out of them. Right. right? We massacre them. We, yeah. we absolutely massacre them. Yeah. Now, during this event, there are stories of Colin Powell you know, running up the hallway saying that we are, you know, we've gone too far. We're killing too many innocent people. Keeps the fucking job. Right. right? I don't want to hear. And, and this is a common story. Mm. Colin Powell gets the nickname the Reluctant Warrior. Okay? Oh, my God. God. Right. So, because there's all these stories of him saying, you know, oh, we'll go to war. Right. I'm a soldier. I'll go to war. Right. But we have to do it right, you right. know? And every time there's a war crime, he just bucks up and moves all, moves along. Right. Okay? Yeah. Colin Powell does not give a shit. Yeah. Because uh, he's a fucking asshole. Mm. He's a coward. He really is a coward. And, that is, and that's the thing that I feel like a lot of the news obituaries are not stressing enough. The reluctant warrior, he literally led... Right. Most of the—he was the spearhead of so many of these events. Right. Yeah. So, I want to bring up the Powell Doctrine. Okay? Yeah. So, V. Okay. You are the president of your own country. 
I'm the president of my own country. Got it. V Stan. V Stan. You know what Stan means, by the way? Afghanistan, it's called, Pakistan. It's called Vizbekistan. Okay. Yeah, Do you know what ahead. Stan means? Oh uh, no. no uh, it means a... land of. Land of. Yeah. So. So so like, Afghanistan would be the land, land of the of Afghans. Afghans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very so, cool. So you know, it's all you know, Turkestan's land of the Turks. Anyway, so all right, it's, it's V. What do you want to call it? Vikistan. Okay, Vikistan. We're spending yeah. too much time on this uh, yeah. small, minor detail. We, but we you want to go to war. Down. Okay. You want to go to war uh, with another country. Fuck them. Really, the correct ones. Really pissing you off. Right. Powell has some rules here. Okay. Okay. On how you should do war. Okay. To make it clean, fast, and make everyone happy. Three, four, five, six. Why do I get the feeling that this is going to be extremely cringe? So eight rules. Okay. So this comes from the failure of Vietnam. This is really where he starts getting formed. Mm -hmm. Okay, how do we fix Vietnam so that never happens again? Uh, so rule number one, you have to consider, is vital national security interest threatened? Hmm. So uh, if the national security interest is not threatened, you shouldn't go to war. Okay. Two, do we have a clear attainable objective? Okay. Okay. Have the risks and costs been fully and frankly analyzed? That's three. Four, have all other nonviolent policy means been fully exhausted? Mm -hmm. Five, is there a plausible exit strategy to avoid endless entanglement? Okay. Six, have the consequences of our action been fully considered? Seven, is the action supported by the American people? Consider that. And eight, do we have genuine, broad international support? Colin Powell came up. Yes, with this the list? Powell Doctrine. This is the Powell Doctrine, right? Okay. So th those are the eight things you have to consider before going to war if you're Colin Powell. So he's famous for the Powell Doctrine. Okay. Now the all eight of these, if you know anything about the Iraq War, right. are absolute a fucking joke, right? Yeah. So for yeah. I, I mean, just well, I was just about to say they scrapped that entire. Doctrine. Yes, they scrapped the whole thing. The the first moment they got and it. and he knows that. Yeah. But he does. He goes along with it anyway. Right. Right. Because he's a fucking coward. Right. Right. So for example. Uh, is the action supported by the American people? Well, you know, when you're right after 9-11, uh, you know, right after the Afghanistan war, right. they, they do it anyway. I mean, they're, they're one of the largest mass protests of all time in the world was happening against the Iraq war. We went right. it anyway. We didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, do we have genuine, broad international support? We twisted the arms of every country possible to get them involved. I mean, that was, that was the famous case of us, you know, saying like, oh, you know, we think they have uh, nuclear weapons. I'll get to that. Believe me. Oh, and then saying like, no, we've definitely confirmed. Like, we've Yeah, so if any, if any of our allies went right. against it, I mean, famously, France was against us going to the Iraq war. Right. <clears throat> we start calling it freedom fries and oh my stuff, gosh, French yeah. fry. Like, I mean, we, a lot of like their cowards memes came back. <clears throat> right. So nonstop bullshit. The whole like flying the white surrender flag right is is national security interest threatened no no uh Saddam Hussein was not a threat we knew at the time he wasn't a threat and that was actually an interesting point that what is that number one in that the, was number one doctor? is a national security interest threatened yeah the whole national security interest being threatened is the most vague thing ever because right they pretty much spring that on you for any reason right you know CIA comes in such and such needs to happen because security you know national security interests are Oh, no, under threat. Right. You know, and what's actually happening, some guy farted. Like, right. Like, you know. Do we have a clear, attainable objective? We didn't. Nope. We killed Saddam Hussein, and then we said, all right, you guys will make a government, and they absolutely did not make a government, and we had to create a puppet state, which collapsed, mm -hmm. and then ISIS rose, and blah, 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 right? 
think about um, Afghanistan. Have the no risks there? Yeah. Have the risks and costs been fully and frankly analyzed? Absolutely not. Nope. Have all other nonviolent policy means been fully exhausted? So here's the thing. Um, George W. Bush comes and says, "Yeah, I really want to invade Iraq." And he says, "Well, have you done everything else you can?" So here's the thing. George W. Bush wants to invade Iraq. So they do things like they send U.N. weapons inspectors, mm. right? And the U.N.'s weapon inspectors don't find anything. Mm. So at that point, George W. Bush says, all right, they're, uh, he's hiding them. Right. Right? Well, we've done everything we could. We have to invade, Colin, you know, because mm. they're hiding the weapons that I know are there, right? Mm. So shit like that, right? Uh, is there a plausible exit strategy to avoid endless entanglement? Again, no. Have the consequences of our actions been fully considered? Again, no. No. Is the action supported by the American people? No, we've been over that. Genuine broad support? No. Um, so let's get to Iraq. Okay. Because this is what he. This is the biggest black eye okay. on Colin Powell. And the reason why is because all the other shit we talked about, the My Life Massacre, the Highway of Death, Panama, you know, 28 other actions that he, he, he did as, as uh, George H.W. Bush's uh, chief of staff. <clears throat> Peanuts. Right? Yeah. This is what he's known for. This was famous in public. George W. Bush comes to him and says, here's the deal. We really want to go to war. The American people, uh, Colin Powell, for the record, had the, had the highest amount of, like, political capital. Okay. He was the one that everyone trusted in the country because everyone remembers him during the first Gulf War. He was, um, he was behind the podium at the White House talking to reporters over it. Right. Quick, fast, decisive warfare, the Powell Doctrine, all the news media liked him. George H.W. Bush had no political capital. Dick mm. Cheney had no political capital. <clears throat> right yeah so this dude is being asked to sell the war it's mm -hmm. got to be you colin right so they go to him and say are you deal this is everything we have on iraq you have to go to the un and sell the war to get that broad international support mm. and he looks at all of it and says this is all bullshit right all of it's like this is way too wacky way too extreme right so he rewrites the whole thing so keep in mind he knows this yeah. is fucking bonkers yeah so he goes up there. I'd like to read you some of the quotes um, that he. So he goes in, obviously sells the war. Right. But I want to read some of the quotes. Quote: My colleagues, every statement I make today is backed up by sources, solid sources. These are not my assertions. What we're giving you are facts and conclusions based on solid intelligence. Um, later, regarding whether Iraq has reconstituted a nuclear weapons program. It didn't. He said, quote, there is no doubt in my mind. Um, so he says that in public, right? right? And we can go on and on about things he says. He says, um, you know, the mobile uh, uh, nuclear bomb units and the, the mobile biological weapon units, right? Mm. So the idea was, well, the reason why the UN's weapon inspectors didn't find anything, right. they're, they're building these things in trucks and they're just driving them through the desert. Right. Right? Yeah. Which is basically showing photos all, like on the screen like you know hey this is what it would look like if we found them but we mm. didn't mm. you know yeah. oh they're out there somewhere in the desert building nukes right as if like we as if one fucking helicopter couldn't be like yeah what the fuck are they building there yeah you know so he knew lies right <clears throat> so i want to bring this up larry wilkerson powell's chief of staff said this is what powell was thinking at the time so powell goes into the room and uh, sees Wilkerson as chief of staff. And Powell says, uh, well, Wilkerson says, Powell said, he walks into my office musing what he said, and he said words to the effect of, quote, I wonder how we'll all feel if we put half a million troops in Iraq and march from one end to the uh, country to the other and we find nothing. 
Hmm. Right? So he was already thinking, like, this is all fucking bullshit. This right. is all horseshit. Um, so since then, um, he, he gets kicked out of the White House in 2004, okay. a year after he sells this bogus bullshit war. Right. He's the fall guy. He's the patsy. Uh, they basically had him blow up his capital. Um, he goes on you know, Larry King. He goes right. on all these like, like talk show tours trying to come back into like the fold. Right. He really tries to sell. I was the reluctant warrior in the room. Right. If you watch the movie Vice, okay. uh, who plays Batman? Is Christian Bale? I think Christian mm. Bale plays Dick Cheney, if I'm not mistaken, in Vice. I could be okay. totally wrong. Yeah. But in that movie, there's Colin Powell, and mm. Dick Cheney's like, we gotta go to war in Iraq. And as soon as Colin Powell starts to talk, this, like, like riveting music, like, it's it's inappropriate to go to war in Iraq. Good, sir. Exactly. Yeah, like, like, I'm... Yeah, exactly. Clutching his pearls. The mere suggestion. The mere suggestion. We we go to war in Iraq. And, you know, Dick Cheney's just, like, out foxism. And then debate. It's like, he he knew and he wanted to go anyway. Right. Okay. Um, since that, so in 2008, he famously endorses Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, liberals are like, okay, well, he's back in our good graces. Right. Um, <laughs> That's he, all it took. Yeah. He's, I think he endorses Hillary Clinton. He says something sexist about it, that she's not. I know she, he, he says something like, she's not a general, generational candidate. I know he says something like fucked up. It's like, you know, about her being a woman. But yeah. he says, you know, it, basically, you got to do it anyway. Mm. And. Since then, Colin Powell has enjoyed this uh, kind of semi-retirement. Right. He gets to absolute fucking war criminal. He gets to go on the news. He gets to sing and dance. Uh, you know, call me maybe. George H W. Uh, sorry, George Bush gets to go on Ellen and do uh, uh, a dance, and we're all supposed to just move on and forget about it. So what really freaking frustrates me about all of this is there are people in jail right now, people of color who. Uh, have had their entire lives ruined because they had a little weed in their pocket. And here's a war criminal who is the biggest scumbag on the planet being lauded by everybody, all the ranks in the establishment, all the news media, as like this great, great person. Like, oh, he has such a big heart. You know, he never wanted to go to war. He's so brilliant. But the whole time, he's just following orders. He's just doing, following orders. He's doing what, right. what he has to do. He tries know? to sell the line like, well, I kn- I was totally against the war in Iraq, but if Bush was going in anyway, hmm. I wanted to be the man to uh, to help the worst things from not happening. You know, like that right. was kind of his shit. When really, he could he could just went to the news and said, yeah, this is all bullshit. Right, right. Right, but he didn't, did he? He, he could have whistleblowed. Did he? No. No. You know, if, if anyone else would have gone to the UN, if Dick Cheney had gone to the UN... And presented all that bullshit, bo- bogus shit. Mm. Never, I mean, who knows? Mm. We might have invaded Iraq anyway, but we might have invaded Iraq by ourselves, alone. We might not have dragged half the world into it. Right. And then who knows what it looked like. Yeah. <clears throat> God, this is crazy. Right. So, Colin Powell, uh, rest in piss. Yeah, rest in piss. I Honestly, I, I lose my mind. I lost my mind. Mm. Every obituary I was reading this week about this dude. Right. Just praising him. Right. It's actually, um, it's not just Colin Powell or Colin Powell. Doesn't matter, he's dead. He's dead. Um, everybody, everybody. Uh, George W. Bush has been getting revived by the, the media. Mm-hmm. Democrats are coming in, especially because of Trump. Right. Uh, you know, huge liberals like oh the people like oh we yeah. missed the we missed the times when the conservatives were totally reasonable. oh my god great point what a great guy yeah you know? like, i remember uh will ferrell had a skit 
for SNL that was like, hey, can I just remind you, like, Ava's really fucking bad? Like, you know, because people are forgetting. It's almost like, you know, he was, George H, sorry, George Bush, George W. Bush was an establishment guy. And because he followed the rules of the Mm -hmm. establishment, who cares he got us into two never-ending wars? Who cares that he absolutely fucked up the Middle East? Hundreds of thousands dead, uh, millions at the end of the day, millions displaced. Who cares? We did a whole episode on Afghanistan, some of our own rack, if you want to listen to that. Right. <clears throat> and the blo- uh, fallout of that. You know, tr- he, at the end of the day, he said, orange man is bad. Right. And and Trump was blown the fuck out by George W. Bush. And George right. W. Bush painted uh, a shitty painting right. of, of a sad clown that looked like Bush or, or Trump. And then it was it's, yeah. things like that. And it's like all of a sudden he's back in the good graces. Super fuck symbolic. off. Yeah, fuck su- off. Seriously, yeah, it's it's people like him. They've all been just getting these redemption arcs for literally no reason, unwarranted, unearned. I would be um, so pissed if I was a leftist. From I mean, if I was a leftist during like the Iraq War, right? I, I feel like you really didn't stand a chance. Mm. And now you get to look at leftists today, make their podcasts, and join the DSA and right. Socialist Alternative, and join all these groups, and just openly be socialist. And it's mostly fine, depending as long as you're like north of the Mason Dixon, right? You know. <laughs> You basically say you're socialist and, like, no big deal. But back then, if you said you were anti-war, right. you know, you got fucked with it in the ass. Yeah, it, was, it was awful. I forget what the stats were, but I think... So every every president generally gets a bump during wartime. Uh, oh, yeah. Because especially after 9-11, you know, the public sentiment was... Yeah. They, people just wanted a big leader, a strong leader. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, didn't Bush, towards the end of his presidency, just have, like, astronomically low ratings? Or yeah, something? so George W. Bush started uh, his his term with, I mean, I want to say it was, like, 60. So you get a honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, Trump did not get a honeymoon period. Joe yeah. Biden's honeymoon period ended very quickly. He's now underwater. So right. you, get, you get the honeymoon period. Uh, JFK, famously, uh, apparently his honeymoon period never ended because mm. uh, yeah, he no. fucking died. Yeah. Um, but good way to remain to be a good right. memory. Just die quick. Just die quick. Yeah. yeah. So before you do anything too much. To... Yeah. Really worked for William Henry Harrison. <laughs> uh, you can Google that in your own time. So okay. anyway, where was I? Uh, no. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know where you were going. I don't know where I'm going, mind, bro. But... Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw numbers that were like, oh, at this point, Bush has approval ratings um, at least twice. That yes, Biden so he he, like, he starts high, uh, 9-11 happens, his, his popularity blows up, it's past the 80s, it's in the 90s, this dude's fucking rocking. Mm. And then as the, you know, as the war goes on, both wars, he starts becoming very unpopular, he just manages to survive in 2004. 2004 is the last time a president, a Republican president has ever won a popular vote. Right. Um, so besides 2004, you have to go back to like 1988 before a president Republican won that uh, popular vote. Mm-hmm. So he wins, and then Hurricane Katrina happens. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not respond fast enough. Mm-hmm. His numbers fucking tank. Mm-hmm. And then you can also blame just the failure at Iraq, Afghanistan. The killings start going way up. Um, and then it culminates with the 2008 financial crisis. Right. And his, I mean, his popularity numbers were like in the 20s. Right. <clears throat> which is like shit that Trump never reached. Right. So it, yeah, it really was like an absolute fucking collapse for George W. Bush. Mm. Um, yeah. Some of the scare, some of the not scariest, but unsurprising number. Well, could be surprising. Uh, I saw that uh, Biden's approval ratings are actually getting lower than Trump's at this point. Like well, that's how much he's. Tanked. Yeah. At this point in Trump's, it might be, 
Right. So Trump in October of 2017, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would buy that. They're pretty close. Um, right. Probably in the mid-40s. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing grinds my gears more than like, like this, this, this whole thing. So people, it's like a huge scandal. If you say some, if you say something negative about someone who just died, everybody's right. like all up in arms. Like, how could you, right. like, that's so wrong. It's so immoral. It's like everybody loses their mind when you do that. I, I consider myself more of a consequentialist. Like what did this person do? What were the outcomes of this person's life? Right. Ultimately, if if a person leads a very shitty life, leading to deaths of innocent people, right. commits war crimes, lies everybody right. into an unnecessary war that's costing right. us trillions, um, right. he doesn't deserve respect. Not really. No. His death is a positive influence on the world. You know. Right. Like, and just mm, the sad thing is, clutching just pisses yeah, me off. Yeah. The sad like, thing is, he can't even be like, yo, he finally got what was coming to him because it's like he died in his eighties. Right. Like he he won. Right, like he's famous, wrote his books, right? Whatever. Um, I mean, look, I can talk about Colin Powell, the Iraq War. I mean, really, it, you know, the Iraq War that Colin Powell helped basically architect really is kind of like the original sin of, right. I think, the new left's generation. Mm. I mean, I, the Iraq War and Afghanistan, you can trace a, a through line mm. through the all George W. Bush's presidency, why uh, Obama got elected. Hmm. Why, like, he, I mean, he got elected with huge fucking numbers, got a fucking basically supermajority in the Senate, hmm. you know, <clears throat> you know, you, you basically draw a straight line about almost all of our shit. Right. Uh, why America is so fucked up? Hmm. You can really trace back to Iraq War, and it, you know, people say, well, you can trace back to nine eleven, but at the same time, there are certain things that we would have done anyway, right? Or we wanted to do, and nine yeah. eleven just gave us an excuse. Yeah, just sort of fast tracked everything. It really did just it, it fast forwarded mm. what Bush wanted to do by like eight years. Right. You know, Republicans yeah. wanted to do already. So right. that is the history of Colin Powell. Hey, uh, I really appreciate that. I did not know he had this extensive history of horribleness. <laughs> now our audience does too. But here, so what I'm thinking is if we can't find solace and consolation in the Republican right. Party. Maybe we can find it in the Democratic Party. What Thank God. I mean, Democrats are hey, the people's party, really, they're, right? They're the alternative, right? They're Thank the, God. What? It, so tell me strong, some good news. The tell strong me, opposition party. When I want good news, when I want unity, I think of the Democrats. Please, oh, yeah. please give me the update, the good news on the Democrats. How's that $3.5 trillion infrastructure deal, deal coming? What deal again? What? $3.5 Three, Yeah, no, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. There's a bill. Oh, Fuck. it's not going to be three point five trillion dollars. All right. Well, let's get let's get into <laughs> what we have here. All right. So, um, we famously have not been covering the uh, three point five trillion dollar um, infrastructure deal because anybody, even remotely on the left, recognizes the ineffectual. Right. Uh, you know, the fact that the Democrats don't do anything. Right. Talking about electoral politics you know. is, is really fucking boring most of the time. It really is. It's predictable. You know how it's going to end. Um, but, you know, I I made the grave mistake of actually holding out, like, the, an inkling of hope that maybe something would happen. Right. Uh, throughout this whole process, uh, it looked like for the first time in since, like, I don't know, since the squad has been established, like the progressives in Congress were actually voting together as a block and actually staying strong um, on this issue. 
it looked like Biden and, and even Nancy Pelosi were falling in line. Right. Uh, things were looking positive. It was really just the holdouts like Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin that were the problem. Sure. Right. And I figured, well, if we have to be able to overcome two people. I mean, come on. Sure. Um, yeah. Fast forward to today and uh, looks like pretty much everything we predicted would happen is happening. In an article from CNBC, um, they say that free community college, corporate tax hikes are in peril as Democrats try to win votes for Biden's economic plan. Uh, so some of the key pieces of this infrastructure deal, the things that we've all been looking forward to, uh, things that would help working class people, uh, they're on the chopping block, right? So we've got Democrats will likely cut two years of the free community college and renewable energy plan from their sprawling economic plan as they try to lower costs to a 1.75 to 1.9 trillion dollar range so they're gutting this thing right democrats are also seeking out alternatives in case opposition from senator senator kristen cinema sinks proposed tax hikes on corporations and the wealthiest americans so basically it goes on to say that uh lawmakers signaled that they could be they, they might have to like scrap the entire programs to slash the costs from the package that they themselves have declared as the biggest boon for working families in decades. Um, the core measures proposed to pay for the plan, tax increases on the corporations and the wealthiest Americans, also face the prospect of falling to the wayside as Senator Kristen Sinema, unsurprising, uh, opposes the hike. So I could keep going on and on. There's so much more here to unpack, but um, I came in here today prepared to talk about why Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin are horrible and you right. know how they're doing everything that they can to block this thing. Right. Expecting them to be the bad guys here, but it turns out forget it. The whole the whole Democratic Party is just not going to you go know, through with this. I, I really thought that once Joe Biden got elected right. that I mean I between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, I became way more radicalized. Mm-hmm. Um but once Biden got elected, I thought, God, maybe I'll just plateau. Right. Maybe I'll always just be a socialist, blah, blah. And once Biden got elected and I saw that, you know, it was just rotating excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, the parliamentarian, the filibuster, Joe right. Manchin, Kirsten Sinema. Right. There's always a reason. You're like, oh, there's a rule that we can't possibly fucking break, even though the Republicans broke all the time. There's even, always a rule. Even, even better than that, I mean, uh, for most of the fighting uh, on these grounds, he's just been MIA completely. Right. He just doesn't exist. But he, the argument is, oh, he's working behind the scenes. Oh, pulling the strings. He's like pulling the strings. master puppeteer yeah, over 40 here. 40. Ch- it's, it's the Trump argument. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't see him doing anything, yeah. that means he's doing everything behind the scenes. Like when he, Trump plays golf, it's uh, he's actually like commanding a fleet of like exactly. F-51 horse yeah. Dodger rancher. I don't know anything about right. Like QAnon or fucking yeah, whatever. Um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. January 6th. Remember January 6th? Yeah, that like, happened. Fucking Democrats are still going to push, by the way. It's going to be like 2022. We're, we're, we're about to have a huge fucking midterm election. And they're going to be saying, remember January 6th? No. No one fucking remembers January 6th. What, right. do you, what have you done for me lately? Anyway, yeah. so just get into it. You know, uh, the, the people who feel like reform is possible over revolution. Right. You know, I don't understand what they're thinking. Right. Yeah. Like, it's clear you know, the, as time has gone on, the political system has been built in a way to take power away from voters. Right. Right. The idea is the perfect American system is one where the American people don't have to vote at all. 
but the machinery of capital and power is just in the background like Oz right behind the curtain right humming along you don't even notice it Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the ringing in your ear you don't even notice it until you pay attention to it right oh god now I hear it (laughs) exactly it's something like that right so I mean back then you used to vote for tariffs you used to vote for war you used to vote for uh, the gold standard you used Mm -hmm. to vote for you know uh, depending on who you voted in it's like you know are are we going to get a voting rights act are we going to get equal pay are we going to pass an amendment are we going to as time has gone on right all the financial questions have been taken away from the hands of the workers Mm -hmm. you know and it's really been given to obviously corporations which now pay money directly to uh uh, politicians Mm. and we're at a point now where now that all the financial questions are taken off the table the only thing you can vote on is social issues right right Transgender people can, can gay people get married? Can people, yeah, legalize weed, abortion, yeah. weed, like religious stuff. Like right. really, that's all the only thing that people can vote on anymore because all the other levers of actual real power has been taken away. That's right. why you see companies companies don't give a shit. Like yeah, fuck it. Like oh, we have Gay Pride Month, and they they give all their money to like Republican candidates, right? right. It's just virtue signaling. It's just it's all virtue signaling. Yeah, and that's the stunts. thing, yeah. right? And, you know, PA has someone running for Senate, John Fetterman, who, you know, claimed to be a socialist in 2016. He, he's backed off that term since. Right. Um, you know, obviously he— Because it's the scary S word. It's the scary S word. Like but, you know, he, he backed Bernie both times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, guy, he's got guy. some credit there. And he said basically anyone who votes for—like today there was a Voting Rights Act that went in the Senate— it bombed immediately. No Republicans voted for it. Mm. And, you know, he has the argument, like, if any senator is not willing to get rid of the filibuster, mm. you're just – every vote is performative. Right. Every vote is just a show. Right. And we're at a point where with this gridlock, I mean, th- this $3.5 trillion infrastructure deal has cut huge climate uh, provisions. Right. Right. Huge climate provisions. Exactly. Like you know, Democrats might not control the House or Senate for another 10 fucking years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be too late by then. Yeah. You know, so this kind of is the last big shot we have before to bring some calamity. Joe Manchin. Last hurrah, really. Joe Manchin, who, who who makes, you know, half a million dollars from his former coal company a year, refuses to allow coal companies to really have any uh, laws or incentives against them, carbon taxes, anything. Right. So you're killing climate. Um, you want to kill free college. Hmm. He wants to, uh, the Biden, uh, child tax credit, which is one of the best things that he's done so far besides pulling Afghanistan, Huge deal, right? uh, pulled, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids out of poverty. Um, Joe Manchin went out wants to set it. If the household makes over $60,000 that you don't get it anymore. Right. Um, I mean, just absolute bullshit. So 3.5 is probably gonna be under 2 trillion at this point. And quite frankly, man, if I was uh, a Democrat, I say bomb the whole fucking. Uh, right. when I say that, I mean obviously uh, tank the tank bill. This, yeah. Not actual violence. So this is a podcast. I don't want to get you know in trouble. Right. Tank We're not the whole. For of course here. not. Tank the whole fucking process. Right. Right. If I was Bernie Sanders, fuck it. Yeah. Th- yeah. This goes nowhere. We lose. Yeah. Looks like we lose this year, folks. Yeah. You know, like we just need someone to go like nuclear. And just, just go nuclear and say, hey, like you know, yeah. and, and take the fucking blame and just say, yeah. hey, listen, you know, Bernie Sanders, you're you're going to be 82 by the end of your current term. Right. Right. I just say, hey, f- fuck it, go lose. ham, go Nothing ham. Yeah. Like, yeah, guess what? Nothing gets done. Right. I'm the new Joe Manchin. I wonder 
what, what do you think about um, when Bernie Sanders uh, famously said during the 2020 election that Joe Biden was his friend? Do you, do you get the sense that that's true or is he just being polite for media? I, I think, look, the two of them worked together for 30, 40 years or something in the Senate. Mm. Um, do I think they're friends? Right. Do they just chit chat at like three a.m.? Well, I I I do believe that they talk to each other today. Right. Um, uh, he, um, Bernie Sanders is one of the strongest Democrats. They have reason to talk to each other. I think Bernie Sanders. Uh, I think Joe Biden does respect Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie does somewhat respect Joe Biden. Um, mm. just in general. Right. But at the end of the day, no. Do I think Bernie would just hang out with Joe Biden? Do I think they're actual friends? No. Right. But at the end of the day, Bernie Sanders was playing a different game, right? In 2020, he knew that there's a good chance Joe Biden might win the nomination. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I can do is fucking, you know, destroy some, this guy. Right. And then I have to fucking endorse him. Like, no one's going to follow it. We're trying to win this election. Right. Because, you know, because uh, Bernie, I think, Bernie got a lot of shit for fighting so hard for Democrats um, mm-hmm. after he, he got fucked by the party. And, I, you know, I think any other year he wouldn't have fought so hard. But I think Bernie looked at the sense of the fascist threat right and look under fascism there'll be no socialists no not in the open we don't stand a chance yeah there there will be no dsa there'll be no communist movement there will be no there'll be no black lives matter protests there'll be no marxists there'll be like like that that is over under a trump second not even them soaks like so or soak them sorry yeah 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 Uh, like that's over The, the, the show is stopped right right so I think Bernie really realized, like, look, my movement is not going to survive a second uh, term of Trump. Right. But it can survive a, a term of Biden. And right. I think he made that political decision. I could be totally wrong and full of shit. No, really, that that's how sense. I looked at it. Yeah. You know? I think that's exactly the, the calculations he was making. Uh, I, I was back and forth on his, and his you know, political strategy, but I recognize, like you said, uh, it took me a little bit of thinking to realize that I, I don't think it was a um, – an exaggeration uh, to think about Trump as the threat that he was. I mean, right. Threat that he is. The threat that he is. Quite frankly. There's a chance, a good chance he's going to be uh, running again. Uh, there's a good chance he'll be president again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, interesting thing about this. Uh, have you heard of Media Matters? No. It's a really cool organization that does like a, a meta analysis um, uh, of like journalism it, it, it's a journalist organization that reports on journalism and the state of journalism. And so they did an analysis and they saw that, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say numbers now because I don't have an actual sheet in front of me. Right. Um, but like a large majority, I want to say like 90% or more of all coverage on the, the infrastructure bill mentioned only the cost of the bill and none of right. the provisions. Right. Mainstream news outlets, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all these outlets. Fear-mongering over the large number, you know, large bold letters. Oh my gosh, it costs $3.5 trillion. They failed to mention anything about the climate benefits. They failed to mention anything about the community college, the um, child tax credit, any of this good stuff that real Americans would love to hear. Right. How it's paid for by by raising taxes on the wealthy, which is one of the... I mean, if you check polling, right. raising taxes on the wealthy is one of the absolute highest things you can possibly poll. Right. And no mention of that. Right. Whatsoever. And so, I mean, the, you know, the two theories are if you want to get more conspiratorial, which I'm also inclined to say, in this case, you know, following the money makes sense. They don't want to say that kind of stuff. They, 
they they stand to benefit from things as the, as they are. Exactly. The other side of things is they also benefit from outrage, and so what what angers the American people more than large um, large sums of money being spent? Um, and if they omit the the way that they would fund it, then everybody's initial like instinctual primal reaction is, oh my god, my my wallet, my pocket, right. you know. So they the media thrives off of rage, media thrives off of fear, um, and in this case, yeah, good reporting for media matters, basically saying how like like media has done everything it could to tank the public opinion of this bill. Right. And even then, it was still gr- relatively popular. Sure. You know. And it's still popular. If you poll any one of these things yeah. individually, they poll highly. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you mention the word Biden or Build right. Back Better or blah, 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 or Democrat, it tanks in right. polls. So, uh, look, at the end of the day, you know, if, if these are all half steps. These are all people who think reform is possible. Yeah. We are going to get to a point where it's just obviously not. It's just not going to be. But, um... And the goal is to try and wake some other people up that, like, you know... Right. The, like, the system is built this way on purpose. Even, like, senators don't really have power anymore. Even the president is losing power. Right. You know, the Supreme Court is terrified they're losing their power. Right. Because at the end of the day, they're... Like, the Supreme Court, I don't know if you've seen recently, they're going out and trying to do this publicity blitz, mm. Right. Mm. saying how they're not bipartisan or they're not sorry they're not partisan mm. um they're not doing the you know the shadow docket where they they kind of decide things in private is not scary they're going right. out because right now the supreme court has the lowest approval numbers it's ever had since they started doing the poll right right i mean that's through roe v wade um that's i mean it, i mean we're talking like it, right now it's the lowest it's been mm. so at the end of the day there's nothing really stopping a president from saying like you know, you know, John Roberts says uh, abortion, blah blah blah. Well, why why doesn't he come here and enforce it? Right. Yeah. You know, Supreme Court have an army. Yeah. They don't have the police. Yeah. Right. Like at the end of the day, no one has to listen to the Supreme Court. No. Because like purely symbolic. Right. The Supreme Court doesn't have any power. <laughs> right. Its power relies in people just agreeing that it has power. Right. At the end of the day, they have no they have no power. Right. Right. Just because the Supreme Court rules something does not mean the next day hmm. it's law of the land. Right. The federal government says, okay, this is the law of the land. Right. We just listen to the Supreme Court and what they said. Right. You know, it's, it's like purely a courtesy. Right. Bush v. Gore in, in yeah. 2000, it was five to four, five conservatives, four liberals in right. keeping the count going in Florida. You know, at the end of the day, if Al Gore said no, mm. How about fuck the Supreme Court? How about I get my fucking people into Florida and we, we cause a riot, right? Right. What is the Supreme Court going to do? Right. Right? Nothing. Nothing. And the president at the time is Bill Clinton. Yeah. Right? Like a Democrat, so he could have raised hell. So the whole yeah. point is, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, Republicans have realized that they're not doing the decorum anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck these rules. Fuck, like, you know, I guarantee you they would have fired the parliamentarian. Right. If it came down to it, Democrats holding cling to the rules, right? right. The filibuster, we got to cling to it, right? Right. And I guarantee you, if it came down to it, Republicans would get rid of it in a Trump second term in a heartbeat. Wouldn't the even, filibuster wouldn't have been a question. Yeah. Would not have been a question. Oh, then they would just use that to curb stomp. Like, yeah. If they had the House and Senate, they would. Oh yeah. my God, they'd go nuts. Oh, they'd go nuts. You know, yeah. definitely. At the end of socialism, pretty much. Right. Well, yeah, it, you would basically snuff it out in its crib. Right, in its crib, before so, it had a chance to take root, yeah. So, pretty much just doomer news. I mean, I don't know what message to give people who 
are brand new to the political process, brand new to even thinking about these things. Well, right? I, I, they're just becoming aware of how sure, things are shitty. It's doomer esque, it. but I, I am optimistic because yeah. I've never felt such solidarity among the left mm. in my life. Right. How I'm feeling the strength of the left. Mm. Politicians are reacting to the left. The media right. is reacting to the left. Yeah. It's at a point now where, like, we are a actual force. Mm. And if you're an accelerationist, mm. which means that you think, you know, the yeah. worst possible shit is good because it, it just further radicalizes, it radicalizes people, people, you're yeah. in a great time. Right. You know, because climate change is only going to get worse. Oh, yeah. Uh, once, once we have mass, mass. Yeah. Uh, God forbid we go to war over, like, like, Taiwan or some bullshit. Like, I mean, oh, we, we yeah. radicalize people overnight. Mass immigration from large swaths of the, you know. Right equator becoming un, uninhabitable by people right that's going to cause all sorts of turmoil you're, you're seeing unrest. you're seeing strike waves across right. the country right now yeah uh, worker unrest like you've never seen before you're not hearing about it anywhere in the news i have to go to youtube mm -hmm. to learn any of this is happening i have to like go on reddit or twitter just to realize that hey there's been a massive like coal miner strike in this one place right. for like the last seven months never heard of it i literally have never heard right. of it on any mainstream pundit so i mean i don't so, know i'm actually very optimistic i yeah. don't think it's necessarily doomer news i think the fact that we're even discussing it is kind of a win because again carried off by the swat team yeah because like during <laughs> the iraq war like you couldn't say anything negative about the government right like, during during the afghanistan war you can say anything negative about the government you get your fucking ass kicked right you know we're now it's just like yeah we can admit the afghanistan war colin powell was a dickhead right like we can say that out loud and like it's fine right at the end of the day if you explain the Iraq war to most people, they would mm. back you and say, yeah, he was a bit of a fucking dickhead. Mm. So, again, I'm actually pretty optimistic. And that's the optimistic mm. note that I want to leave people on. Right. You know? That's good. Solidarity hey. is out there. Yeah. I mean, all it takes to really embolden our movement is another Bernie Sanders-esque guy in uh, 2024. Or just Bernie again at 80, 82 years old. Yeah. One more go, Bernie. Yeah. You can do it. Can you imagine going out there and, and yeah. uh, you're, you're stumping for Bernie, 82 years <laughs> old, and you're like, oh, fuck it, we're going ham. He just needs to do the Trump thing yeah. where uh, right this, before any yeah. debate, he just does a line of coke and yeah. uh, he's I, out there like, yeah, I think I think I think Bernie needs to grow a beard. Yeah. Bernie with a beard would be fearsome. Oh, did you see that picture of Bernie with a beard? Someone photoshopped it. There's a few. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. one where he really looked a lot Have like, you seen Trump um, with a beard? I did. Very fearsome as well. Right. Trump cannot grow a beard. I think we'd lose immediately. Ah, you know, I I wish I I wish I remembered what I watched, but um, there's a cool Vox, uh, video on YouTube about why politicians don't wear beards anymore. Ooh. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I'm not. I know the last pre. Let me guess. The last president to wear have a beard. I would guess. It was a while back, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you have Grant. I, I bet you it's after Grant. I would say. I it's. I would say before Grover Cleveland. Oh man, I would say either Arthur or Garfield. Do you want to check me on this one? Yeah, let's let's see what it is. All right, I'm going to say. We'll uh, play a game. All right, you look it up. You look it up. Don't show me. This is how we're going to end the episode. Okay. Look up the Google last president have a beard. Okay. All okay. right. So. All right. So there's a couple ways you. No, sorry. Just making sure we're still recording. Yeah. There's a couple ways you could do this. Uh, we could do it either by the last president to have had a beard during his presidency right or what i could find of their official presidential picture having a beard right. i'm thinking their, their presidential picture okay right because so let, last person have a beard like uh, someone could have left office obama could have had a beard for a while like that doesn't count 
Right, and also for the record, uh, mustaches don't count as Mu- yeah, no, beard. no, no, it's got to be full beard. I know like Teddy Roosevelt had like a mustache or something that doesn't count. Right. Um. So well, here, here I go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do uh, deductive reasoning. Okay? okay. So Grant, famous beard, right? That was after you know the Civil War after right. Johnson. So after Johnson, uh, Grant, Grant had a beard, obviously. So after him, you're gonna have, I believe, uh, Garfield. And then you'd have Arthur. Garfield had a great beard. Okay, so you're looking at them now. So then after Garfield should be Arthur, right? Arthur had a beard, right? Uh, Arthur had a beard. Let me check. I'm terrible at my at my presidents. Like this should be in order, like the photos. Yeah, it is. Okay, so he doesn't have a picture. He doesn't have a beard in his photo. Okay, so Arthur. I'm guessing the last president have a beard. Uh, I know Taft didn't have a beard. He was he was. I know he had like a mustache. I don't think he had a beard. So I you are about the you're correct about the mustache. Okay, yeah, yeah. Taft had a mustache. Um, after Taft, is that Grover Cleveland? Uh, it's Grover Cleveland, Taft, Grover Cleveland, right? It's uh Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, Grover Cleveland. Okay, okay, okay. And then is it Taft after that? And then it's going to be William McKinley. Theodore Roosevelt. Who the hell is Taft? William Howard Taft after Teddy. No. Before Woodrow Wilson. I always fuck up Taft. Yeah. So I gotta say the last president to have a beard would be uh, William Henry Harrison, maybe. William Henry Harrison. Was he the last one? Uh, I can't picture him, but... Is that... Uh, let me see. Sorry for fucking this up so much. Um, is that the same as Benjamin Harrison? No, there's two different Harrisons. Oh, William Howard Taft. Mustache. Now I'm looking. Now you're looking. Now you're cheating. Why don't you just go on Wikipedia and look up a list of the presidents? Yeah. Rutherford B. Hayes, you motherfuckers. That didn't go down. So scroll down. Stop. Uh, go up. 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 Okay. Uh, it was Benjamin, Benjamin Harrison. Benjamin Harrison. Oh, thank you. Right. Oh, he's, a, he's got a confident beard. There. Yeah. So awesome. Benjamin Harrison, uh, bringing that full circle. I mentioned look up William Henry Harrison earlier. Uh, William Henry Harrison uh, died in like a month in office. So uh, his honeymoon period never ended either. Yeah. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Go back to bed, everybody. All right, take care. Here's the outro music. West off the tip of Argentina Better than drowning in gin Ain't got no sleep to blame instead Of my reflection so I dreamt I packed it all like Anderson To end up where it all began I was going